0: Welcome to True Crime Mysteries, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart of the world's most gripping true crime stories. I'm your host, Megan, and I've spent years researching, investigating, and seeking the truth in dark corners where most people dare not look. Each week, we'll delve into a new case, peeling back layers of mystery, law, and human behavior. Together, we'll explore the intricate webs woven by those who break society's most sacred laws. We'll cover cold cases, missing persons, and recently uncovered serial killers, and instances where DNA has identified a killer. Join us as we journey back in the past, bring decade-old cases to life, and explore the dark, tragic, and inexplicable. And maybe find a light of justice at the end of the tunnel. This is True Crime Mysteries. Today, we're discussing four fugitives on the most-wanted list and the crimes that put them there. Let's get into it. Number 4. Alexis Flores On July 29, 2005, year old Iriana De Jesus was reported missing in Hunting Park, Philadelphia. She was last seen playing in front of her home. Iriana's mother came out to call her in for the day, and she was nowhere to be found. Her mother reported her missing, and the police and the community started to search for the missing girl. The case had few leads. Witnesses had seen the girl with a hispanic mail. He is believed to be a boxcar drifter who recently got into town. He had introduced himself as Carlos. He had been working off the books for a local man doing handiwork. He was believed to have stayed in the apartment where the girl was found. Unfortunately, that is where the leads ended, until 2004 when a man named Alexis Flores was arrested for forgery. As with many felonies, a DNA sample was taken and entered into the database when he was convicted and incarcerated. That DNA sample would eventually match the DNA found at the scene of Iriana's murder. Unfortunately, before that DNA had confirmed a match, Alexis Flores, an illegal immigrant, was immediately deported to his home country of Honduras during his release from prison in 2005. In 2007, the FBI and Philadelphia authorities announced that Alexis Flores was the prime suspect in Iriana's murder. In March 2007, an arrest warrant was issued for Flores. On June 2nd, 2007, Alexis Flores was added to the FBI's top 10 most wanted fugitives and is currently still on that list. He is a 487th person to be added to the list. There is also an active Interpol Red Notice for Flores. Flores' last known location was Honduras, but the FBI believes that he may have moved back to the U.S. in 2005. He'd be 39 years old today. He is described as a Hispanic male, 5'4", slim build, with scars on his forehead and right cheek. Known aliases are Mario Flores, Mario Roberto Flores, Mario F. Roberto, Alex Contreras, Alexis Contreras. The FBI has a $100,000 reward for any information that leads to the arrest. If you have any information concerning this person, please contact your local FBI office or the nearest American embassy or consulate. Number 3. Glenn Stewart Godwin. It was in August 1980 when the body of a man was found in his truck in Eagle Mountain, California. The body was hard to identify as a truck had been blown up with explosives. The man would be later identified through dental records as Kim Levalley. Kim Levalley was murdered. Months later, still no suspects. His mother called Char.
1: Char worked for four hours, such deep concentration, holding our son's jacket and his picture. It, it was
0: like Kim had something to say to her he wanted something to come out
1: Mm -hmm. your son our son
0: her son was murdered and I knew from the beginning the names of the gentlemen that murdered her sons before they were found before before they were convicted
1: no, before that, did anybody else have any idea that it was these people?
0: They didn't know. They didn't know. Maybe Shara can help someone else like she helped us. Law enforcement would discover that two men were involved in the murder. Frank Soto Jr., who would testify against the second man, Glenn Stewart Godwin. Godwin and his roommate Frank Soto planned to rob a known dealer and pilot, Kim Lavallee. He was known to traffic marijuana from Mexico to the United States by plane. Godwin used to know Kim and it was known that the two didn't like each other. The two got Kim over to their apartment in Palm Springs, California, where Godwin is alleged to have beaten and then stabbed Kim at least 26 times. They then drove him in his truck, put home in explosives on his body, and blew up the truck, hoping to hide his identity. Both men were charged with first-degree murder. However, Soto was the only one in the room. Godwin was charged, but because of the felony murder rule, which is a law in most states that allows anyone accused of committing a violent felony to be charged with murder if that felony results in the death of someone. Soto also testified against Godwin. Godwin was convicted and sentenced to 26 years to life in March 1981. This was Godwin's first conviction, and Soto was also convicted and is currently serving his life sentence. In 1987, Godwin attempted to escape from Duell Vocational Institute in California. After that attempt, he was moved to Folsom State Prison, a maximum security prison. Only five months after being moved to Folsom, Godwin, with the help of his then-wife, who he married while incarcerated, and another inmate, managed to smuggle in supplies, including a hacksaw. He managed to cut a hole in his bars, climbed into a manhole, and crawled a thousand feet to the American River. The bars at the opening of the river had also been sawed. Investigators believe that this is where an accomplice left a raft or a boat that he used to float down the river following arrows that had been marked on rocks. Authority started to look for his wife and asked the public for help. In 1990, she was arrested after a neighbor had seen the episode of America's Most Wanted about her now ex-husband. His wife, Shelley Godwin, had remarried and was living a quiet life in Texas. Not much was released about her arrest or whether she was charged or let go. There were articles in 1990 that showed that her current husband would stand beside her. Godwin fled to Mexico. In Mexico, he got into some trouble for drug dealing, he wasn't very good at it, because he was arrested in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico for drug trafficking and sentenced to seven years in prison. He was serving his sentence at Jalisco State Penitentiary. U.S. authorities were trying to get him extradited back to California. In April 1991, he reportedly killed a fellow inmate in Mexico, delaying his extradition. He was due to be released to U.S. custody in late 1991, but in September, he escaped from the Mexico prison. There's little information on exactly how he escaped prison. Glenn Stewart Godwin was added to the FBI's 10 Most Wanted Fugitives in 1991. He was the 447th person added to the list and was removed in May 2016. He is still at large and is considered extremely dangerous. The FBI currently has a $20,000 reward for any information that leads to his capture. He is wanted for escaping prison and to finish his murder sentence. Godwin is described as six feet tall, Caucasian, with black salt and pepper hair, a medium build, and green eyes. Godwin is fluent in Spanish and is believed to be traveling through Mexico or the Central America.
1: Godwin has been on the FBI's Most Wanted list, 10 Most Wanted list, for 14 years. Take a look at some of the sketches, and this is the last good photo of Godwin. Now, when Folsom Prison was a maximum security prison, he is one of only a few people to escape. He is the only one still at large up with FBI Special Agent Mike Rayfield. It was interesting for me because it was a cold case. In the 1990s, Special Agent Rayfield chased Glenn Stewart Godwin for seven years. Godwin was wanted for murder. Killed a man, the FBI says, in a drug deal gone bad. By stabbing him 27 or 28 times and then attempting to blow his body up. Godwin was brought to Folsom because he was an escape risk. But in 1987, he was able to get a hacksaw, cut a hole in a fence, enter a storm drain, cross 750 feet to the American River, where a raft was waiting. He escaped. He fled to Mexico, the FBI says, and wound up in prison, where he escaped again, this time by doing a favor for a drug trafficking organization. Because he killed the other inmate, they helped him escape from that prison. And the last known sighting of him was in Puerto Vallarta in 1991. Decades after his escape, Godwin is nowhere to be found. But Special Agent Rayfield says the FBI is still on the case. You guys still get tips on this guy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we still got tips. We're working a couple of tips as we speak. Agent Rayfield says it's Godwin's green eyes and his vanity that gives him away. With the recent attention to the FBI's most wanted list, Rayfield hopes someone will lead them to Godwin. He has to be perfect every day. I only have to be perfect once to eventually catch him.
0: Please contact your local FBI office or the nearest American embassy or consulate if you have any information concerning this person. Godwin remains one of the only successful prisoners to escape from Folsom Prison. Number two, Jason Derrick Brown. On November 29, 2004, 24-year-old Robert Keith Palomares, an armored car guard, was leaving an AMC movie theater in Phoenix, Arizona with about $56,000 in deposits. When a man wearing a dark hoodie or jacket stepped out from behind the ticket booth, the man shot six times at Robert, five of these shots were headshots. Robert's partner was in the truck as is the protocol when picking up deposits. Robert didn't even have enough time to draw his weapon. The suspect then stole the money bag and rode off on a black and red mountain bike. Robert was pronounced dead at the scene and he was shot with a 45 caliber handgun. Reporters initially said a witness described the man as being 25 to 30 year old Hispanic man. The bike was discovered by a police helicopter and sniffed out by a police dog abandoned in a nearby alley. Forensics were able to get fingerprints from the bike, and in early December, they announced a suspect, Jason Derrick Brown. On December 4th, 2004, an arrest warrant for first-degree murder and armed robbery was issued for Brown. Two days later, a federal warrant was issued for unlawful flight to avoid prosecution. Jason Brown had ridden the bike to a BMW car waiting in the alley. The bike was then abandoned at some point he got to las vegas where he exchanged the bmw for a black cadillac jason derek brown is reported to have owned a business called toys unlimited in salt lake city utah brown had bought a glock semi-automatic handgun a few weeks before the shooting which matched the caliber of the gun used at the shooting he also took a concealed handgun course which he did pass at the course he was fingerprinted and those were sent to federal databases In 2005, his brother, David John II, was arrested for obstruction of justice. It is believed that Brown had mailed his brother clothing, gold, equipment, and that he had been involved in cleaning his brother's BMW after the shooting. David John Brown was convicted in 2007 and had to serve three years on probation. Jason Derrick Brown is described as a Caucasian male, 5'10", with blonde hair and blue eyes, with a surfer dude look. He was known to love being the center of attention and enjoyed showing off expensive cars, boats, and other accessories. The FBI reported that he has a master's degree in international business, speaks fluent French, and did a Mormon mission in France for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Jason Brown faced some financial problems in Salt Lake City, and he put himself into considerable debt. That is believed to be the motive for the heist. On December 7, 2007, Brown was the 489th person to be added to the FBI's Top 10 Most Wanted list, with a $100,000 reward. Over the years, the FBI has received thousands of tips of sightings of Brown. Brown is believed to have a resemblance to the actor Sean Penn. One of his body doubles had even been arrested after a tip believed him to be Jason Brown. There have been reports that he has been seen all over the states as well as Canada. There has been one confirmed sighting in 2008. An acquaintance who had been on a Mormon mission to France had spotted him at a traffic light near the Hoggle Zoo in Salt Lake City. He was described as having longer hair than past Wanted posters. And they believe that Brown must have been in the area to visit friends or family. Since the 2008 sighting, no other confirmed sightings of Brown have been confirmed. In March 2013, the FBI announced an increase of the reward to $200,000 in the hopes of finding Brown. But in September 2022, Jason Brown was removed from the top 10 most wanted without being captured. That doesn't mean the FBI has stopped looking, just that the list exposures can now get more recent criminal activity. He is still considered wanted and dangerous with ties in California, Arizona, and Utah. He may have traveled to France or Mexico. He is believed to still be in possession of a Glock 9 millimeter. Please get in touch with the FBI if you have any information on Jason Brown. Number one, William Bradford Bishop Jr. On March 2nd, 1976 in Tyrell County, North Carolina, Five bodies were found in shallow graves that had been set on fire. Two women and three boys. There was not much evidence, and the North Carolina authorities were stumped. On March 8th, the Montgomery County Police in Maryland went to the home of William Bradford Bishop Jr. after neighbors reported not seeing the family for a few days, which was unusual. The family's Volkswagen was still in the driveway, but their Chevrolet station wagon was not. When police arrived, they found a trail of blood from the driveway to the front door. Inside the house was a gruesome scene and blood was everywhere. They found a bloody scene in all the bedrooms. The family had a golden retriever that was not found in the home. Shortly after, the burned victims were identified through dental records. They were identified as the Bishop family. Annette Bishop, 37, Brad, 14, Brent, 10, Joffrey, 5, as well as william's mother lobelia however there was no sign of william bishop anywhere it was like he had just vanished police initially thought that he might have been killed as well but they hadn't found the body with the rest of the family nor did they find any blood evidence on march 18 1976 authorities found bishop's maroon chevrolet station wagon at a remote campsite in the great smoky mountains national park in tennessee They found an axe and a shotgun. The back of the station was full of blood. Some reports said that the spare tire well was filled with a pool of blood. The blood was tested by blood type, as this was 1976. Bishop's blood type was not found in the car, only that of his children, wife, and mother. William Bradford Bishop is a well-educated Yale graduate who had worked for the State Department overseas. He speaks English, French, Italian, Spanish, and Serbo-Croatian. He held a diplomatic passport. Bishop's last known and confirmed sighting was March 2, 1976, when he used his credit card in Jacksonville, North Carolina, about 100 miles south of Tyrrell County, where his family's bodies were found. There, he bought $15.50 worth of sporting goods. Police interviewed family, friends, and neighbors, and hundreds of other people. They could not find any reason as to why this had happened. They believed Bishop had done the crime, but could not find any reason why he did it. He was successful, and they couldn't find anyone that knew of marital problems or mental health issues. And now Bishop had weeks of a head start. About six months after the murder and disappearance, William Bradford Jr. was officially charged with the murders. The FBI was now hunting for him for unlawful flight to avoid prosecution. The following is what authorities believe to have happened. On March 1st, Bishop left work complaining of having the flu. He then went and bought a sledgehammer and a gas can filled the car and the gas can, then went and bought a shovel and a pitchfork. He then drove home around 7 or 8 PM, killed his family, loaded them in the car and brought the dog with him. He then drove around 300 miles to Tyrell County to dig a shallow grave and set his family on fire. He then went and bought shoes at a sporting goods store. Some reported they saw the dog while others did not. He then drove another 400 miles and dumped the car. This is the working theory. The dog was never found. He could have been let loose or still with Bishop, it's not known. By the time the family was identified and Bishop believed missing, he could have traveled anywhere. He had training and expertise with the State Department. In the months following, the police would discover that Bishop had been seen a psychiatrist. Actually, he'd been seeing more than one over the years. None of his friends or family knew about it, and they discovered that he had insomnia. Still didn't answer why he snapped, or if it was really him. There have been reported sightings worldwide, including Italy, Belgium, England, Finland, Netherlands, Germany, Greece, Spain, Sweden, and Switzerland. Bishop had been in the military, he'd worked counterintelligence, he'd worked overseas for the military and the State Department. He had all kinds of skills to just disappear. On April 10, 2014, Bishop was added to the FBI's 10 Most Wanted list 38 years after his crimes. He was the 504th person added and stayed on the list until 2018. In 2014, they also did age progression to age 67 and released photos of a bust. Bishop also is on an Interpol-red notice. In 2021, the FBI confirmed that a woman who had used a home DNA test for 23andMe had worked to figure out that her biological father was the daughter of William Bradford Bishop. After the woman had come forward, the FBI used DNA found in a cigarette butt that had been left in Bishop's car, and they confirmed that she was his daughter. The woman had been adopted in 1976. She was 18 at the time of the murders. The FBI believes that this is the first break in the case in decades. The FBI had looked extensively into Bishop's past until the day he'd gone missing. There was no information about an affair or that he'd gotten a woman pregnant before his wife. This shows a side of Bishop that they knew nothing about. Some authorities now believe William Bradford Bishop has died from the elements after abandoning his car. Some believe he fled to Europe and has lived his life. Some believe he must have died of old age by now and bishop would be 86 years old today his fbi wanted posters describe him as quote bishop was and may still be an avid outdoorsman camper and hiker he had extensive camping experience in africa he also enjoyed canoeing fishing swimming jogging tennis skiing and riding motorcycles bishop enjoyed working out several times a week He also is a licensed amateur pilot who learned how to fly in Botswana, Africa. Bishop has an American Studies degree from Yale University and a Master's degree in Italian from Midbury College in Vermont. He has also read extensively and may have kept a diary or journal. A long-time insomniac, Bishop reported to have been under psychiatric care in the past and used medication for depression. He drank scotch and wine and enjoyed eating peanuts and spicy food. Bishop was described as intense, self-absorbed, prone to violent outbursts, and preferred a neat and orderly environment.
2: William Bradford Bishop Jr., a man wanted for murdering his wife, three sons, and his mother is the latest addition to the FBI's 10 Most Wanted Fugitives list. To be able to take a hammer to your children's heads and faces while they're sleeping, I think, really exhibits the brutality of the crime. I'm Molly Halpern of the Bureau with Wanted by the FBI. Bishop, a former U.S. State Department employee, killed his family on March 1st, 1976, the same day he learned he had been passed over for a promotion. Bishop, an insomniac, had been under psychiatric care, for depression case agent charles adams says bishop then drove to north carolina where he dug a hole a shallow grave and laid the bodies in that shallow grave and then proceeded to set them on fire the next day bishop was seen buying tennis shoes with a woman his age and what may have been the family dog his car was found at the great smoky mountains national park and inside were maps and hiking information he was an avid outdoorsman not only that he had an aptitude for learning languages spanish Serbo-Croatian, French, Italian. Bishop is also a pilot. A $100,000 reward is being offered for information leading to Bishop's arrest. Report tips to 1-800-CALL-FBI or visit
0: FBI.gov. The FBI is still looking for any information on Bishop, and they still receive tips almost daily. What do you think happened to Bishop? Is he still alive out there somewhere? Well, folks... We've reached the end of another gripping episode here on True Crime Mysteries. Thank you for joining me as we delve deep into the complexities of today's case. Before we go, let's not forget the human element in these stories. The victims, their families, and sometimes even the perpetrators are all part of a larger societal puzzle that we're trying to understand. While we explore these cases, it's crucial to remember the impact on real lives and communities. If you want to keep up with our weekly investigations, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you are captivated by these stories as we are, please take a moment to leave us a rating and review. Your support helps us bring more unsolved mysteries and untold stories to light. With that being said, stay curious, stay vigilant, and most importantly, stay safe. Until next week, good night.